you know what? I searched Senua. Um, and yes, I did spell it right on my first try. Uh, and yeah, no porn popped up. Now, well, if I search Senua Hellblade, sexy, not as much stuff as I th- would have thought, actually. Senua now, if Hellblade. I search Senua Hellblade, rule 34. Oh, there we go. <laughs> but I mean, that's literally just looking for, for porn at that point. <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, to be fair, like uh, Senua is modeled like one to one after the actress who uh, voices and like mocaps for her. And really? And the actress who plays her is a very attractive lady. She looks just like her. Holy shit. There's a picture of her. Um, with all the dots on her face yep. in like the mocap helmet with her staring at the camera that's really creepy but that it kind of i kind of i kind of like the i'm kind of okay with that oh yeah i found the picture that you're talking about yeah the the creepy soulless like stare i mean yeah. you know <laughs> yeah she's really pretty so i'm surprised there isn't more rule 34 of her <laughs> right uh what anyway. you're saying is the Rule 34 artists don't like creepy bitches. Too bad. No, it's just Final Fantasy and Resident Evil characters. Right? Maybe, maybe some Meryl and Mei Ling in there. Maybe some Meryl. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Heads, welcome to episode 67 of the Laser Comb Podcast, the show where we comb through random episodes of classic TV with a fine tooth laser. I am, as always, the Siege, one of your hosts. And it's me, Cal. I'm here too, your other host. And uh, this week on the Laser Comb Podcast, we are continuing on with a trend uh, that we are kind of retroactively just calling shows that are more clever than the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Big Bang Theory, but better. Big Bang Theory, but better. There we go. Big Big Bang, but better. B, 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 B. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Five Bs. Bring uh, your own Big Bang butter. Yeah. Uh, bing, bring your own big booty. <laughs> Ladies that are definitely listening to the show. <laughs> Oh. No, it's it's a bunch of thirty-five year old year old dudes. Let's be real, which is okay, because we're late thirties dudes. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, that's a okay. Hey, we got some uh, listeners in their twenties and early thirties as well. Yeah, I know. Shocking, horrifying, even. Yeah, shout out to you guys. Uh, this week on the Laser Gone Podcast, as I mentioned, we're continuing on with our five Bs, I guess. Um. And uh, this week, we're talking about a show that I am extremely fond of, once again, uh, much like on the last episode. Uh, It is a show that ran uh, from 2014 to 2019 on HBO, created by Mike Judge, and it's called Silicon Valley.
Silicon Valley folks. And indeed, it's always been one of those shows where I'm like, I should really watch that. Like that looks like what I want Big Bang Theory to be. Absolutely. And then I just never got around to it. Like it looks like actual, it, it feels like actual people. Whereas when I was watching Big Bang Theory, and I have watched a lot of it, like Guilty as Charged. But yeah, like, we, we, we both mentioned that, I think, on the last episode. It's like one of those things where you want it to be good, but eventually it's like, it's not believable that these guys have PhDs and they're like still living with their mom or they're like living with like roommates or um, that they're like professors or like that kind of thing because... Like, there's just something weird about it where it's a little bit too mainstream. It's um the kind of shit that they get up to and like the way they behave a lot of the time, like no, any job would fire them for like no one would put up with. Sheldon's and they're in the professional bullshit. sector. Yeah, no one would put yeah. up with Sheldon's bullshit, for instance. Um, yeah, it's I, I I've talked about it at length, Unimmersive. But, I, but I really don't like that show. Also, Penny is fucking horrible to Leonard. When they're dating, like she is right? fucking it, awful. It gets to him. better, but like, man, the idea of like her just pity dating him while he like desperately like tries to do everything he can to impress her. I at, and, the, at the beginning, that's how it is. And like, I could, uh, this could be, I could be flying a little too close to the sun here because I had an ex who did this, but like Penny will frequently in front of people just openly ridicule him for the things that he's interested in. Emasculate or ridicule or, yeah. Yeah. And And I had an ex. to watch. I had an ex who did that. I think you probably know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, I was with her when we worked at Blockbuster, but she would do that on the regular and like it was, it hurt. So yeah, like, so it's hard to watch at times, especially because like they're not that bad. They're kind of like decent dudes that you would play Halo with or D and D with, right? But there's certain things that are just obnoxious, like um, uh, what's his the 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 one dude's mom that's always off screen, Howard Howard's mom. Oh right, yeah, right. Um, the uh, he can do great impressions, people. By the way that actor oh he's a really good actor he was in i watched something he was in recently and oh really i had to do a double take because it wasn't it wasn't a comedy whatsoever like he was i think he was playing ah it was um uh what fuck is the name of that show it's a recent show it's really good it stars uh, natasha leone it's created by ryan johnson it's funny that you remember all that but but i can't remember the title he plays like an fbi agent in that show that really? show is really fucking good, by the way. Hmm. Why the hell can't I remember the name of it? Anyway, folks, if you're curious, a uh, 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 show, a uh, crime show uh, starring Natasha Lyonne, uh, created it by Ryan Howard Johnson. from Big Bang Theory. <laughs> has has but, Howard from Big Bang Theory as an FBI agent. Google that and uh, watch that show because it's really good. When all the basic people at my work, old workplace would like talk about how they're such nerds because they like the Big Bang Theory. And I just started like being tired of the show's laugh track telling me what should be funny. And I think a show should stand alone. And if a show has a laugh track, it's okay. It's not like that's a, it's antiquated, I guess is what I'm trying to, to say. And I just, I couldn't, I never finished it. 
never never kept up with it I, I was there when they all had like wives and girlfriends and, and stuff like that and they added a lot to the show when they actually started getting like partners right like it, i feel like that added a lot to the show but i just couldn't never kept up howard's partner in particular <laughs> 10 out of 10 uh uh she's uh it's got some yeah yeah i, I agree <laughs> she's done well for herself too after that show like she's in like movies and stuff now oh really i do yeah. know that um the actress that ended up playing the romantic interest for sheldon um actually is does have her doctorate in like neuroscience she's also kind of a shitty person though i've heard that there there's she's made she's made some statements in the past some like i think like transphobic statements and like like anti-vax statements and whatnot and like when called out on it she just doubles down instead of doing what uh ricky and elliot of uh internet today one of my favorite youtube channels uh i started watching them often give uh advice they often give to people who say something that gets them into trouble is shut the fuck up just just shut up yeah shut the fuck up shut the fuck up um she didn't do that she doubled down on her shit uh uh, i started watching uh, i think she's anti-abortion too you know what? I think I heard that somewhere too. Yeah. Uh, I started watching them recently because you had like linked them about their, it's okay to make fun of this like big, rich, stupid idiot. Yeah. And I was like, good. And I, I started watching them again from that episode, which was like their <laughs> thousandth episode. Yeah. I, I look forward to their videos. I'm always disappointed when I like bring up the YouTube app on my TV and like go into my subscriptions and see that they don't have a new video. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Okay. Well, I guess um, I'll the watch one they else. released uh, today, I have up, like I I haven't watched tab. it yet. Neither have I. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Silicon Valley folks. Um, yeah, we are reviewing what we're doing. Oh yeah, so uh, I for a little bit of housekeeping here on the last episode of the Lasercomb podcast, we said we were going to review uh, yeah. our favorite episode of Community, but then it was pointed out to us by a listener. Uh, shout out to him, Ranger sixty four. That uh, we actually reviewed an episode of Community. We sure did. Point, it was at the one Christmas. point in the show. It was the Christmas episode. So, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but we do have a, a kind of an unspoken rule that we're never going to do the same show twice. Because why would we? Yeah, maybe in weird points where there's like an offshoot of a show that's technically a different show, but I can't think of how that would come up or i i would maybe make an exception like say we were going to do futurama which is actually coming back yet again i read recently i love futurama if we were going to do something like futurama like i would be okay with treating like each like block like run that it was airing as like a separate was canceled and then brought up and then canceled and I would be fine with treating those as me too but I love futurama (laughs) (laughs) i'm just using that as an example yeah yeah that Um, makes sense yeah yeah so we ended up being like right we're not doing community right uh six seasons in a movie uh we are doing the movie's coming damn it it's coming it's coming to peacock (laughs) it's real uh so once this was pointed out to us i we were like oh shit what do we do now and then i pitched to cal i'm like hey if we why don't we just continue on with shows like that are 
Like Big Bang big, Theory, big, but better? Big, like the Big Bang Theory, but significantly better. And so I was like, let's do Silicon Valley. And Cal's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I've always so, wanted to watch it. So I put it through the old run, uh, trusty random number generator, as always. And we landed on episode uh, 35, which was episode 7 of season 4. The Patent Troll which originally aired on June 4th of 2017. Uh, I was watching this show as it as it was airing back in the day. Uh, Lucky. Ex- except for the final season, funny enough. I have a tendency to do this, and I don't know why, but I've done it with several shows now. I will watch through them incessantly, like, as they're airing, but then for one reason or another, I just won't watch the final season. It's not even a conscious thing. But it's like are... me in college. <laughs> Oof. Uh, like, I, de- got, I think I've mentioned this like five times throughout the years we've been podcasting, but like something I never talked about. But yeah, I like got all the way up to and through my second year and then depression, folks. Didn't know it at the time. And then like right before my finals, like a week or two before I was just like, yeah, <laughs> and didn't go to anything. Stopped handing in assignments, didn't go to my finals. I was just like, eh. My school got derailed by uh, drugs, if I'm being perfectly honest. Drugs and partying. Well, there you go, folks. Yeah. Which is why you should listen to us and our <laughs> podcasts. And our and the life advice that we give. Sage wisdom, like, no matter where you go, there you are. There you are. <laughs> Which is a line, which is a line, real quick sidebar. uh, That is a line from The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, which is an 80s movie starring Peter Weller of Robocop fame, Jeff Goldblum as a cowboy for some reason. Okay, I'm going to take this opportunity just straight. Is that just trailer credits you showed me? I'm going to take a quick uh, opportunity to just talk about Buckaroo Banzai and how bananas this movie is. And so Peter Weller from RoboCop, Jeff Goldblum as a cowboy for reasons that are never explained. Uh, and a bunch of other uh, people. I think uh, Clancy Brown might be in the movie. Um, the vil- main villains of the movie are John Lithgow and Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, who plays a character named John Big Booty. <laughs> it's real. So the, the plot of the movie involves uh, Buckaroo Banzai, as played by Peter Weller, uh, who is a famed neurosurgeon and astrophysicist and rock and roll star. Neurophysicist. No, sorry, ne- astrophysicist. Yep. Ne- uh, neurosurgeon. Yep. Rock and roll star. Yep. Wow. So uh, th- the beginning of the movie, he's performing brain surgery with... Uh, with Jeff Goldblum, and he asks Jeff Goldblum if he wants to join his rock and roll band. His rock and roll band, by the way, whenever uh, Buckaroo Banzai is just doing a science, uh, his band is just hanging out. They're not really contributing anything, but they're just there. Just like chilling. Whenever like he's doing a science. Yeah. So after, so after he leaves the, uh, the, the brain... Uh, after he leaves the surgery, he goes to his lab where an experiment is being done with a rocket car that he's developing that is powerful enough to uh, open a pocket to the eighth dimension, which the eighth dimension is basically the quant as 
the way he explains what the eighth dimension is later in the film is basically the quantum realm from the MCU. It's like the Got space, it. but it's like the space between space and matter. Space between, um, like uh, micro space uh, in matter. Space between um, particles and yeah. atoms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when he's doing this test with this rocket car, he decides to go rogue and uh, drive through a mountain, and he goes through the eighth dimension, uh, where he encounters like lightning and like all these like weird creatures and whatnot, and he ends up bringing one back with him. So what he find him and his band find out from there is that this has attracted the attention of a imprisoned band of lizard people masquerading as humans who want to steal this car and use it to get back to their home dimension. Now, this has also attracted the attention of the people of the aliens who imprisoned them here. And so they're orbiting over earth with a spaceship and they tell Buckaroo Banzai that um, he has 24 hours to stop them or they're going to blow up the planet. You know, your straightforward plot. Yeah. Also, something to do with Russia launching nukes is involved. As was, as is tradition. And uh, uh, Buckaroo Banzai's wife, dead wife, he meets a woman who tries to kill him for reasons that are never explained while he's performing a rock and roll concert. Uh, looks exactly like his wife, like identical one to one. Which is also never explained. This movie is fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure this wasn't a fever dream? I, it popped up on, uh, on, it's a movie I'd heard of before because uh, Bibbs and Whitney, my favorite uh, film critics and podcasters had talked about it. Um, so I'd heard of it and it just popped up on uh, Amazon Prime Video one day uh, about a month or two ago and the trailer started auto-playing and seeing the cast and just like, seeing them like walking toward the camera, like with goofy music playing and like Peter Weller, like as he's walking, he, 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 he looks over to, he looks over to his left and like nudges his head over, like, come on. And then like someone like walks over and joins him. I'm like, okay, this looks like kind of delightful. Like I, I I'm sold. And so I, I saw that clip it. that you shared and I was yeah. like, that, that kind of looks delightful. <laughs> the movie's wild. Anyway, so there you go. Yeah, uh, the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimensions. Uh, apologies if uh, uh, anyone did not give a shit about that ta- tangent there, but um, I haven't actually uh, talked about the movie at all in front of a microphone yet. Good allergies, folks. Sorry, um, my dust allergies make me yawn and my eyes water. It's like two of the symptoms. There, it's never worse than that, but it always just makes me look like tired. Don't lie. It was the Buckaroo Bonsai talk. Yeah, almost put me to sleep. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so what is Silicon Valley? Silicon Valley was an HBO series, uh, as I mentioned, created by Mike Judge. I believe I mentioned. Yeah, it's created by Mike Judge of um, uh, films like Office Space and Idiocracy, TV shows like Beavis and Butthead, uh, King of the Hill, etc., etc. Uh, so Silicon Valley stars a uh cast of characters they're all like tech dudes except for the dude who owns the house that they live in who's played by uh i almost said ezra miller tj miller 
very different Again, which which character is that uh he's the guy with the the curly hair who in this episode goes to the basketball game That's okay her. so he's the owner he's the owner of the house he looks a lot like one of my old roommates by the way <laughs> he just looks like a dude who would be somebody's ex-roommate yeah <laughs> you know what, the guy with the glasses and the facial hair so his deal is uh he knows nothing about tech or anything like that but he makes his money by he has this weird rule where he lets people in silicon valley rent rooms off of him and in exchange for that not only does he get rent but whatever like startups because everyone who lives in silicon valley is like trying to get a startup going uh he gets a portion of their company usually like 10 percent. so that that's his deal so that's what this guy does. He he rents to people, but it's a little bit cheaper and he wants in on their startup. Yeah. Okay. He wants okay. in on their startup so he can own like a like 10% of it. And then when they eventually like sell it to like Microsoft or Apple or whatever, like he makes bank. Okay, okay. Yeah, that that's his deal. His uh his name is Ehrlich. Okay, okay. Uh so living in his house is uh uh Richard. Who's the kind of the main guy of the show? Um, Richard is a character who developed a revolutionary uh, compression algorithm um, that's going to change the world. And his company is called Pied Piper. And uh, there's also uh, Dinesh. He's being helped out by basically all the roommates in this house except for Jin Yang, who we'll get to later. <laughs> um, are all like I was going to ask about that? Yeah are all part of uh, Pied Piper and like they're all working on this compression algorithm because like Richard quickly figures out that he needs help. But he also right. does he doesn't want to sell out to a big company. In this case, the big company in this uh, show is called Hooli. They're basically Apple or Microsoft in this show. Right, because they talk about the Hooli store. Yeah. Or do they? What What's the equivalent of like the Apple store? Yeah, the, though they call it the, the Hooli app. The, oh, okay. the Hooli Apple uh, app store, I believe, in the yeah, yeah. episode. Okay. So he okay. doesn't want, he didn't want to sell out to these big companies. He wanted to do it on his own. So he recruited the rest of the people in the house to work for him, essentially, and be partners in the company. And so we got Dinesh, uh, who I can't remember. It's been a long, other than this episode, it's been a long time since I've seen the show. They all have different roles. I can't remember what Dinesh does. Uh, and there's also uh what's his name played by martin star blanking on his name martin another star, guy uh gilfoyle gilfoyle that's his name martin star uh best known for being in freaks and geeks when he was a kid and re more recently he's been in the uh the spider-man the mcu that's what movies. i know him from right right playing very different characters uh, <laughs> th this guy yeah this, this guy yeah i was like he looks familiar but from what yeah yeah okay yeah he he's the teacher in the mcu spider-man movies uh very different character very likable is that in those the movies, guy though. from uh deadpool too or is that just a different other looking guy oh tj miller yeah he's in deadpool yeah okay okay and uh finally rounding out the uh the pied piper cast of characters is uh jared who is basically Richard's assistant. So Richard used to work at the beginning of the show, Richard used to work for Hooli 
And when he started developing this software, uh, the owner, uh, Gavin Belson, uh, tried to buy him out. And he was like, no, I want to do this on my own. So he walked out and Jared was so inspired by that, that he quit his job at Hooli and decided to work for Richard at Pied Piper. Okay. Okay. I'm caught up. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's the basic plot of the show. Um, throughout each season, the show is kind of a like uh, roller coaster of like things, go- like things of successes and then like sudden dramatic things failures. Things going well and then things going bad. And yeah. 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 There's, there's always like some kind of mayhem that ensues. Like anytime they think something's going well, it falls apart. And indeed that even happens in this very episode. Mm-hmm. So at the very beginning, uh, he's uh, main guy is kind of in a, uh, the, the Sheldon of the group, if you will, is in a, a doctor, doctor's office. Yeah. Uh, a recurring joke is uh, throughout the show is that whenever he goes to the doctor's office, it's always the same doctor, and this doctor ridicules him, <laughs> like just playfully, like mocks him all the time. I, yeah, I liked this dynamic right at the beginning because he's like, "Okay, what can I do for you?" And he's, he's like, like, "I need an S, like I need an STD check." And he's like, <laughs> and he just like laughs in his face, and he's like, "Okay, no, but really." He's like, no, no, I, I, I actually need an STD test, and he's like, well, well, you need to have sex. What's the point if you if you're not having sex? He's like, well, uh, actually, I, I, I did have sex, and he's like, with what? <laughs> actually, like, seemingly starting to get worried. He's like, with what? And he's like, a, a female. He's like, a Hold female, on. a female a, what? <laughs> female what? That that line got me. <laughs> Uh, I love that. <laughs> so yeah, you know what? So yeah, uh, Rich, Richard uh, uh, finds out in this uh, exchange that he, and this becomes like the C plot of the episode. Basically, I like that too because he's all like, "Okay, well, what happened? You accidentally brushed your penis against the side of a, the inside <laughs> of a toilet seat." <laughs> so he finds out that he's uh, shrinking due to like an un- his bone density is decreasing and thus making him shorter due to um, uh, just poor diet, poor lifestyle, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm getting n- not drinking enough milk, man. Yeah, gotta train hard, say your prayers, eat your vitamins. Yeah, that's right. And so the ongoing like kind of like joke of the episode is uh, he's he's small, he's he's shrinking. Yeah, one a uh, recurring uh, gag in the episode, which is why I mentioned it was uh, the C, probably the C plot of the right, right. show, is um, people keep uh, making allusions to the fact that he's short or getting shorter or he's a small person or yada yada yada. Um, and um, yeah, so that's that's how that starts, and that's a good introduction because I really liked the uh the delivery of all the jokes the doctor was making right so that's one of the things in this episode where i was like okay okay really good start and then it follows with another scene i actually liked with the uh curly haired dude yeah Ehrlich, like who had done some um like independent contractor work i'm assuming but on the assumption that he was going to work at this law firm i i actually can't remember it's not a law firm. It's a. It's just another tech company. But I can't. I can't actually remember what it was because they're. So what's going on in this scene is he's meeting with um, 
uh, Rebecca, who is a uh, main character, one of the main characters of the show. She's throughout right. the, there throughout the entire series. And I can't remember the name of the character that she's with, but she's also a recurring character in the show. Um, he's trying to work, get a job at their tech firm, but they just want to pay him a finder's fee for something. And I can't That's remember what it is. I can't remember what it is at this point. Folks, it's I been a long know. time. It's been a long time since I, I don't know the if show. they say, but he had done something and they're paying him for the intel or the info or whatever it is. And he keeps trying to give it back and be like, well, I was actually hoping that, like, you know, I could get a job. And they were like, oh, you're serious. I, I, I in fact, I actually kind of told people that uh, I, I had gotten a job here. So if I don't have a job here, it's going to look like I've been fired. And one of like, the well, women, you don't need to worry about that because well, you don't have what, a job here. One of the women says that is acceptable. <laughs> right. That is acceptable. Yeah. Uh, so basically he begs and pleads and offers to uh, they they offer him an additional 10 grand plus the finder's fee on top of the finder's fee just to go away. And he like kind of pleads with them. And like after like puffing his chest up a bit, finally, he's like, look, I, I, I really need this, please. Like, I'll, I'll take half of the finder's fee. And as a man, give me a job in this woman only uh, like tech, I can be the voice of reason against but basically be like male representation or something like that. And eventually, are you aware of what mansplaining is? Yes, we're aware of what mansplaining is. Let me tell you what mansplaining is. Mansplaining is when a man condescendingly tells a woman information she already is already aware of. (laughs) He mansplains mansplaining. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, somehow he gets his foot in the door and they're like, okay, well, blah, blah, blah. You start Monday. Yeah. And I'm like, huh, being pathetic and begging works, I guess. Uh, They they took pity on him. Yeah. Uh, So we go to the, um, we we cut to the house where they, uh, all of Pied Piper lives. And um, we see the gang, Richard, uh, Dinesh, and uh, Gilfoyle. Gilfoyle is like, uh, pulls like a a modem and like a router out of a box. And they're like, oh, what have you got there? And he like rattles off like a a model numbers and stuff. And Dinesh is like, you could have just said the router. (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh and then i guess one of the kind of side plots is um i don't know who like the the the, the asian guy is but jin yang. He, jin yang is he like the owner is he part of the is he just a roommate like what's he, going? he's a he's a roommate but he has nothing to do with pied piper that's what i thought like he had nothing to do with that and something about the fridge he decides to buy a new one yeah, the um, he, he's just rich, I, I guess. So the uh, yeah, so he's pointing out to Ehrlich because uh, Ehrlich is eating breakfast in the kitchen and uh, Jin Yang is pointing out, you see this? It's warm. It's bad. See this? It's warm. You see this? It's warm. You see this? And Ehrlich's like, let me guess, warm. He's like, yes, I want a new fridge. I want this fridge. And Ehrlich's like, no, no, I'm not good. That's $14,000. I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to fork out the money for that. And, and right, Jin because Yang's, he's the the owner, right. And Jin Yang's like, uh, no, I, I already bought it. It's my fridge. And he's like, well, what are you telling me this for then? And Jin Yang's like, just to make you feel bad. 
So Jin Yang is extremely antagonistic to everyone in this show, but in particular, I kind of like or, that. Or like, oh no, I love it. I love Jin Yang. <laughs> in particular, the this guy. Yeah, yeah. He ends up uh, in the show, if I remember correctly. He ends up becoming like a millionaire and like ends up owning the house himself eventually and whatnot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he buys this like smart fridge, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, he buys a smart fridge, and um, Ehrlich gets a call from uh, someone at the at a, ri- uh, a rival company. I think it's a company that he maybe had stolen the information from that he sold. I again, I can't remember. But anyway, but he gets it's a- an actual company where someone's in an office. He, he gets a call from someone, and he's like, and the guy on the other uh, uh, on the other line's name is Ed Chen. And he's like some executive type, but he's basically like, bro, I got uh bro, you want uh, uh front row seats at the at the B ball game or like whatever. Yeah, and you want to get on the court? Yeah, yeah. Which he mistakes for court row seats. But he what he's actually doing, as we find out, only after he brags to everyone else that he's got like a he's going to a basketball game to see the one day as a one day as a VP and I'm already like part of the club basically yeah yeah and he's bragging to the other guys acting like he's better than than them but then when he ends up either through talking to him or he physically goes there he freaks out because he's this big fucking nerd and what they're actually doing is playing in like a uh you know just like a um not quite for fun but almost like in an like an amateur game of uh well he brags to them he he puts the dude on speakerphone. He's like, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Can you say that again? And puts it on speakerphone so they can hear that he's like been invited to this basketball game. And uh, they're like, but you hate basketball. And he's like, well, uh, it's true that like my uh, my extreme, extraordinary masculinity may have uh, suffered being uh, surrounded by you scrawny code jockeys, but. <laughs> just openly mocks them and yeah so yeah. he he goes to the uh the the basketball court and he asks the dude he's like well uh and he sees like ed chen and like a bunch of other people playing basketball he's like he says to like a security guy like oh when does the game start he's like oh it's just about to and they start playing and he's like wait when he said uh i'll see you on the court did did, did he mean i i should actually like i'm expected to play and the security guard security hilarious. guards like i don't fucking know the security guard hilariously is like i wasn't part of the conversation dude <laughs> right i wasn't part of the conversation dude <laughs> right uh, and um yeah and then he sees he's like oh i'm i shouldn't be here and then he sees um ed go all right uh skins you know like let's go like skins and shirts and then half the dudes like pull off their shirts and they're all in shape and like ripped and stuff and he's like oh i really can't be here <laughs> uh so he goes to like the top of the bleachers and calls ed chen and is like oh all right well which one of you pussies poured sugar in my uh gas tank and ed's like what he's like oh my my, my car won't start i guess i'm going to miss this once in a lifetime opportunity to uh to 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 play this game with you he's like oh it's no problem uh, we play every tuesday i'll see you next week bro yeah 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 and then there's um an eh, as the buzzer like goes off but ed can like hear it through his phone 
through his phone yeah. that it's through the conversation and he's like huh and i swear he sees him like hiding yeah because he, he, t- he turns and looks behind him and Ehrlich like uh awkwardly ducks like just behind. ducks down <laughs> and then he doesn't care and then he like keeps playing he's just like oh all right well whatever people people are strange yeah uh so there's that which is kind of nice he's eating his his hat there yeah, so uh, uh, Richard, and what ends up being the main plot of this episode yeah. is Richard gets an email from a dude saying, hey, I noticed you. Oh, and Jared had mentioned that they had just cracked the like top 500 apps on the Hooli store. And the they Hooli look and they're store. in like number 499 or something. They're in no- number 499, like uh, subcategory, subcategory, blah, blah, subcategory, blah, blah. But it's like, hey, we're still in the top 500, right? Yeah. And listening to that, I'm like, I know those feels. <laughs> That's right. Top 500 in uh, television uh, podcasts. Yeah, we we are, are are not this show, but too much energy on is actually in the top 100 uh, of TV reviews podcasts uh, section in the Canadian iTunes store, which. Like we immediately when you said that, I'm like, huh, I relate to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I relate to that like like slight like brag. It's like you can gloat. You just take like any like scrap of anything to gloat about. <laughs> That's right. Top one hundred in TV review podcasts on iTunes in Canada. In in the Canadian iTunes store specifically. Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, anyway, he gets a, an email saying that, hey, I noticed you just uh, uh, were, are in the top 500 in the Huli store, and I feel like your tech like infringes on a patent that I hold. And um, You can settle this by paying... By paying $20,000. $20,000, yeah. And Jared's like, oh, okay, well, no problem. I'll just send him a sternly worded cease and desist. And Richard's like, well... You know what? I'm just gonna like he's probably just a guy like you like us, like just coding out of his garage. Like, why don't I just drive up there and talk to him? Yeah, well meaning like dude who's just like, you know, has his own like company and you know, I'll, I'll just go talk to him. I'll just go yeah. talk to him. Which I mean and indeed bless the naivety here. <laughs> yeah. And indeed he he goes and visits and kind of like texts or calls to go and meet the guy, right? And he's in like a rich neighborhood. Yeah. And uh, somebody answers the door and he's like, oh, uh, hi. And there's a younger guy, right? Um, hi, um, I'm Richard, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we spoke through email. Um, and we were supposed to meet. And he's like, oh, you're looking for my grandpa. Grandpa, somebody's here for you. So Richard meets with the guy and he's like, oh, so are, are you a coder? And he's like, oh, God, no, I'm a lawyer. Oh, I have no idea how the that that fucking nerd shit works. No, I'm a lawyer. Hey, look. And then he a, starts to brag. There's a photo all the, of me with Stevie Wonder. And he's like, and he's oh, like, oh, you defended Stevie Wonder. He's like, heck no. Sued the shit out of him. He never saw it coming. <laughs> Get yeah. it? Because he's blind. He even says that. Yeah. <laughs> And so this guy points to a like thing on a uh, uh, music sheet on his wall of like a yeah, because, Mar- a mariachi. Because he's like, song. "Oh, I'm sorry. I I don't know why I'm I'm here. Like, what what's going on?" 
Yeah, so he he points to a like music sheet of like a mariachi song from like the seventies or something like that, sixties or seventies, and he's like, "Oh, you see that?" He's like, "Uh, yeah." Is that like some kind of Canción de Amores? Yeah, is that some kind of famous song? And he's like, he's like, heck no! It's just a song that I bought at a, uh, a copyright auction for really cheap, and I've used it to sue countless artists. Bought two houses with it. I, uh, and it's like, are other people using it? He's like, no, but sometimes there are songs that are close enough to it. Basically, they contain that some part of it because it's common enough notes that he can threaten litigation and just get handouts. This shit actually, th this kind of thing actually doesn't hold up in court at all because Metallica... Of course, and of course, it's Metallica. Metallica tried this shit like twenty years ago with uh, Napster. No, no, not Napster. Uh, no, they tried suing a band because they alleged that a song that they recorded was too close to some song that they did, like back in really? the eighties. Yeah. Oh yeah, this happened Fucking back in Metallica, like, man. This happened in like two thousand three, I think. The and good yeah, guys they, of metal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know a single metalhead who actually listens to Metallica. It's all like basic people and rednecks. But but yeah, anyway, they they tried that shit like 20 years ago and they it got thrown out of court. Uh interesting. Well, yeah. apparently this guy has some precedence to be successful, so he owns 10% of the song uh Walking on Sunshine. And it's about to be in a big Super Bowl ad. Yeah. That's that's going to buy him another house. Yeah, uh, apparently. And uh, so kind of pissed off about this. They end up going to like a lawyer friend of theirs. Yeah, he's their He's their lawyer. He's a he he's another recurring character in the show. And he's like, oh, OK, so I see what's going on here. This guy's a patent troll. Uh, he like buys up cheap patents and like writes like vaguely worded like letters, like claiming ownership. And just makes money off of uh, people on the, uh, people who just settled, just so he'll go away. Just so they don't have to go to court and deal with fifty thousand, sixty thousand dollars of legal fees. Right, and uh, and so even the lawyer says that it's probably not enforceable. But then you have to fight him in court. You need to hire like proper like lawyers that know about that kind of thing, which they is going to cost. Seeing which is going to cost them like 200 grand as opposed to the 20 grand, which the guy is asking, which he's like, oh, you're getting off easy. He's not asking for very much because like what he does is he sees that you just cracked the top 500 uh, on the app store. So he starts at the bottom and works his way up. And the more people he sues and gets settlements from the stronger case he has until eventually he can go after the big dogs and make like huge bank off of it. Yeah, so because they're at the bottom, they should be lucky that they're even only being charged like 20 grand. It's skeezy, but it's actually kind of brilliant in a way. <laughs> yeah, and um, they come up with the idea that, well, actually, no, this is bullshit. And since he's starting from the bottom, he has no precedent. He has no grounds for uh, no claim. Right. So what they end up trying to come up with is why don't we go to like the next uh, our competitors or our next 10 or some people in the middle of the same people that this patent could apply to the same, sorry, uh, companies 
that this patent could apply to and try to band together and warn them that this guy is like coming and come to some like conclusion and like pool our money so that we can counter sue and he he doesn't get away with this a really common thing in this show is uh richard taking moral stances against things and it usually yeah, fu- and-, and it usually fucking him over in the end which indeed it does in this episode and, which is kind of sad like yeah yeah uh, and the way that happens is, oh, and then we cut back to like the home here or there where um, they've got that smart fridge. Yeah. And uh, Gilfoyle is annoyed by this thing, like annoyed by the fact that one, that it talks and two, that it mimics uh, human infle- human like vocal tics like ums and ahs and things like that. Yeah, uh, it, it bothers him out of principle for some reason. So he he makes this his personal vendetta. That's like the B plot. This is the B plot of the episode. Yeah. yeah. Actually, there, there's like a, a few. Sub, there's, there's like quite a few subplots. Yeah. There's probably, I think, four plots going on in this because there's yeah. also um, uh, Jared uh, pretending to be Ed Chambers, trying to lower their uh, Microsoft Azure like hosting fees. Right, right, right. And he's like, hey, hey yo. And he. And there's also er- the whole Ehrlich basketball thing. So yeah, there's like there's the main plot, and there's like five subplots going on. There's a few things cooking. Yeah, there's and they all have resolved. In this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they don't hold any importance, but they're amusing. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So uh, Gilfoyle decides to that he's going to use uh his like fancy router that was introduced at the beginning of the episode, which good writing, by the way. Uh. Uh, oh did, yeah yeah the way it was introduced it like it, it it was the it's an old screenwriting term the loaded gun basically right right yeah if you in, you you introduce a loaded gun uh on the first page and fire it on the final page mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh so uh, he uses this uh fancy router that was introduced earlier in the episode which he is named anton because uh gilfoyle is a satanist Oh, it's, it's one of, of his things. He's a Satanist. He's this like very like monotone, like, uh, like nihilistic Satanist dude. Which okay, okay. He's my favorite character on the show. <laughs> I can see that. I can Pro- see that. Probably shouldn't surprise you. So he decides to use Anton to hack into the fridge. Right. And uh, that that becomes an ongoing thing throughout the episode. Uh, so Richard, yeah, tries to get a uh, tries to get like the next eight uh, uh, software developers uh, down the list of the uh, like top five hundred Huli apps. Uh, he tries to get them to all form a coalition to fight this lawyer. Yeah, he physically goes and like holds like a little press conference. Not a press. Sorry, he goes. It's a meeting. It's a meeting. He yeah. he goes to either one of the companies or multiple reps from the companies to to talk about it it it's uh representatives from all eight of these other companies um he does not have a way with words no he doesn't because the lawyer the lawyer references um uh limp biscuit and he's like oh the band did this lawyer sue them too and he's like no no what the band is named after he's like oh what's that he's like oh in a fraternity you like a bunch of dudes like uh jack off onto like right there's a limp biscuit thing uh, and he's like uh, he sued them he sued the band no the the food it's yeah 
it, uh, so he's like, no, it's a fraternity thing. A bunch of guys uh, jerk off onto a cracker, and then the last guy to uh, finish off has to eat it. And then Jared is sometimes like, it's a Triska. Or, yeah, he's like, sometimes it's a wheat thin. Or a wheat thin, yeah. Um, and then the, the the woman who had like asked that. Um, so yeah, so when Jared is in the, the board meet, or not Jared, uh, when um, Richard is in the Richard, board meeting yeah. with the co- uh, coalition of uh, other tech oh, companies. Oh, it's hard to watch, man. He, he references Limp Bizkit and uh, like the one woman in the room is like, oh, what's that? And, and he's, he's like, like well, oh, never mind forget yeah 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 and the guy right beside her is like uh, uh it's where a bunch of guys masturbate onto a cracker and then the last one eats it and she's like ew like why why would you bring that up why would you bring that up and he's like well the thing is we don't want to be the the last we don't want to be the last one to like finish and it's just- we 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 want to force him him to eat the cracker him and she's like cracker. she's like she's ooh, that's like, sexual assault <laughs> he's like no uh metaphorically and he tries to recover from this and it gets worse by mentioning a donkey punch and, and she's he's like, like no no it's a metaphor like a donkey punch and she's like what is a donkey punch and the guy right beside her goes to is explain about to... again and jared's or uh rick keep calling him jared richard's like please don't please don't <laughs> yeah so this backfires I'm, spectacularly because instead of banding together with him, they all preemptively reach out to this lawyer and agree to settle, thus making his case stronger. And so now he wants to sue Richard and Pied Piper for 300000 instead of taking a $20,000 settlement. Because they all reached out and in a way he helped them and to like get back at him. Yeah. Even though he helped them he helped the the lawyer um to get like back at him basically suing him no bankruptcy. he didn't help the lawyer no 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 the, the all those companies oh all those companies so in a way yeah. um they uh, sorry um well i Richard guess you know inadvertently helped in, inadvertently troll yeah i guess he did yeah now that because I instead it. of dealing with them one by one or like whatever they all got to a, they all banded together and kind of like came up with a settlement that they all agreed upon which makes his which saves him time and makes his case stronger makes his case stronger and now he and has so a he's vendetta. them into oblivion and now he has a vendetta against richard so and he's so friendly throughout the movie man i hate this guy <laughs> right because he's just like oh it's business uh-huh fucking dude man hey look there's a picture of me with stevie wonder <laughs> sued the shit out of him sued the shit out of him he never saw it coming. <laughs> Get it? Yeah, and uh, fuck. And then Richard has to be like, right, because he didn't see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, th- this lawyer is a tool. He's supposed to be, though. You're supposed yeah, to be. Yeah. And um, he's like, oh, right. Yeah, these are going to put my like grandchildren through through college. Lazy bastards. Um, just casual, the casual way he chats, too. There's a, uh, and there's how a do they bit, resolve this? There's a bit where Jin Yang is like demonstrating uh, like how the the fridge works, the superiority of the fridge, the superiority of the fridge, and he's like he puts an item in the fridge, and it's like, oops, did you forget to scan an item? He's like, I did on purpose. I did on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> I love Jin Yang, <laughs> and and his uh, deadpan delivery. 
and I've I've had a roommate. He he like, pulls up uh, he pulls up a thing of yogurt and he was like, "See, the fridge tells me this is expired. This could have killed me. Now I can give it to Ehrlich." <laughs> Oh, and Ehrlich being the type of person who would eat free food, I assume. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, me too, man. I'll if it passes the sniff test, it gets eaten. I'm just saying. And meanwhile, I'm just about to return expired food to my work. (laughs) Well, it was expensive, damn it. Uh, It was was expensive and it was dated for the day that I bought it. (laughs) So by the time you went to eat it, it was a few days gone. Uh, But yeah, what? So that's that. And then um, there's like an error message or he he slowly starts to troll uh, the the fridge by reprogramming it. Right, right. And uh, eventually he figures out how to crack it and it... uh... He hacks it so it's it basically just says "suck it, Jin Yang" over and over again while like playing porn or yeah, a, a mime like doing a like fat like oh. like uh, like a dick sucking motion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Jin Yang is like, "You didn't even spell my name right," and he's like, "I know, I know." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So what ends up happening is uh, Richard hears the song, or he he was like digging through like some of his old stuff, and he found some like right. old, like tech that he had developed, like music identification tech, basically on like Shazam. old files. He, Shazam, he has basically. it all on. He has it all on uh, like paper, like he has the code like printed out and whatever, and he's like, I can use. Wait a second, and yeah, he uses this kind of like Shazam like thing and goes and like quickly does like a bunch of like nerd shit to like revive this old project so he can privately use it and he finds out what was it like Cersei de Leon or whatever this piece of music was called yeah the song that the uh, patent troll owns the copyright to he uh, discovers is a uh, itself ripping off a song from the 50s so uh, Richard basically uses this information to blackmail the lawyer. The lawyer, whose demeanor at this point finally changes, and he's like, "All right, well, what do you want, you fucking prick?" Right? <laughs> yeah, like it's like okay, the, the the facade is down. Now he's pissed off, yeah. and uh, uh, yeah. So, but we find out after that that Richard was actually bullshitting about this. But he really? uses it, he uses yeah, it happens at the end of the episode near the end of the episode. He he uses this to blackmail the lawyer into dropping the suit. And we find out that Richard actually bullshitted this and uh basically just uh, started talking in tech jargon to make the guy's like eyes like glaze over and just like concede. He took advantage of the fact that the patent troll knew nothing about tech, which I'm like, bravo, Richard. <laughs> yeah because but, when the guy's like bullshit he's like no computer science developed and, by a fucking genius <laughs> developed by a genius the most advanced audio processing so- software yeah and so when i bring it to these um the owners of all of that these like mega companies like, i i uh, i i think um blah blah would like to find out that you don't actually own walking 10 of walking on sunshine 
they might even pull the entire ad from the Super Bowl commercial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, that's enough where suing this one guy doesn't become worth it. No. Uh, and he's that, not countersuing. He's just like threatening him to drop the, the lawsuit, which which he does. I mean, it's technically blackmail, but I mean, this is a skeezy, that, that guy like, doesn't know it. Sh- shady lawyer anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, because he sits down. He's like, all right, what do you want, you little prick? Yeah. Uh, and uh, he drops it. Yeah, yeah, he drops it. But then we find out that... Um, after like Richard is like uh like gloating and everything to the rest of the Pied Piper guys at the house, we find out uh privately Jared informs him that uh Jared's a bro. Privately informs Richard that uh the bill from their lawyer for drafting up the contract consultation fees and the contract for dra- for for drafting up the whole contract for that coalition that he tried to get started that ended up fucking him over the bill for doing all of that was twenty two twenty two thousand dollars and so richard is like so i would be two thousand dollars richer if i had just paid the uh the patent troll off and he's like well i mean you can't put a price on dignity i guess and richard's like well i kind of did <laughs> Kind of just did. And yeah, he's like, oh, well, don't don't tell the other the other guys. And he's like, got it. There's a um, there's a line that Jared says. uh, uh, I can't even remember the context, but like he uh, compares them to like a uh, uh, compares them to like a disease. He's like, we've spread from bat saliva and uh, already infected and killed several uh, rural villagers. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, in a post code, this was 2017. So, but I like, remember that after COVID, like that, that line uh, hits, hits differently. <laughs> yeah. Which is famously how the other SARS and yeah, there those variant outbreaks, bird flu and stuff like that. But uh, those weren't global pandemics at the time. And uh, there was um, swine flu and blah, blah. So that reference back I then had swine probably flu. like, right that's right yeah i had it when we uh worked at blockbuster yeah yeah it was like oh shit haha but it wasn't and, like it was just this and our, our our boss uh karen literal karen uh wanted to fire me because i missed like eight days of work because i had swine flu anyway <laughs> swine flu man yeah it sucked that was uh one of the m- most I wasn't like I didn't throw up or anything like that, but like physically, that was like uh, it, that's like top five, like the most ill I've ever felt in my life. So how does this end? Doesn't it end with what's his name at the game? But he's got like a like a like a cast or like a, a leg brace on or something. So when uh, Richard and Jared are talking privately about the whole like twenty two thousand dollar lawyer fee thing, um, they're in the garage and. The garage door is open, and when they go to leave, I think Richard uh, hits the button to close the garage door, and then we see outside uh, Ehrlich is on the garage door trying to set up a basketball hoop on the on the right. side. Because earlier in the yeah, episode, yeah. he had gone to the garage and originally asked uh, um, Gilfoyle to help him like put it up, and Gilfoyle's just like, why why would you need assistance from a scrawny uh, code jockey like me? (laughs) 
referencing the yeah. line that he had said earlier. So, yeah, so he's it, up there by himself and then he comically falls. Comically falls. And then the episode ends with him uh, uh, beat with a broke like, cast on his foot uh, at the basketball game. Like bragging to the, the guard, the security dude. Yeah. Being like, that's why I believe that the future is, is female. And uh, I believe in women's rights and all blah, blah, blah. And the guards just like, uh huh. And, and uh, uh, his buddy Ed like runs by because he just makes like a three pointer. Yeah. Um. And I guess they had him on points Keep, duty, keeping score. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh right, oh right. Uh, you you just made um, you just made a point. Uh, how many? Right, right, right. You just made a, a shot. Right. And he like adds two, two points. And he's like, it's like, a three pointer, dumbass. Dumbass. Come on. And then he just ignores that and like leans back again yeah, and that that's the end of the episode all right well here on the laser cone podcast uh we like to at the end of uh recapping an episode we like to ask each other a question and that question is cal you just caught a random episode of silicon valley would you tune in again so here's the thing Uh-oh. i can see the potential in this but this episode alone doesn't sell me. Fair enough. But I can see the potential in the interactions with the characters that this might be something I really like. I Yeah, I would highly recommend starting at the beginning and maybe watching the first two or three episodes. That That's what I mean. I bet you I would really enjoy the first like two or three or four, like whatever episodes. And then I would start getting into it. Because this episode... Um, is kind of on the premise that you know the characters and their dynamics and everything, and it does an okay job telling you, uh, no, not telling you, um, illustrating that in of itself. But yeah, and this there's show... so much going on that I'm just kind of like, eh, I'm only caring about the main plot, and I don't know all the other characters enough to get the nuance of the the humor necessarily. Right. And well, so and this... it wasn't. This show is like somewhat serialized, but also somewhat episodic in a way. Yeah, which I find is usually the best mix. And so I would say I'll give it the old maximal try, the old college try. I say if if I saw it, uh, I would make note of when it appeared on TV and I would try to uh, I'd try to catch it next next week. So, I, yeah, right. I would tune in next week. Well, I know I know you like, and that's one of the reasons why I recommended this show is because, like, I know you like Idiocracy. I know you like Office yeah. Space. I know you like King of the Hill. You like Mike Judge, the works of a- Mike absolutely. Judge. Absolutely, yeah. So, well, and like, just for that reason why I was like, you know what? I, I think I should should go ch- check this out from the beginning. So, I, yeah, I feel like if you start from the beginning with this show, I think you'll like it. And, and that's the thing. It has the air where I was like, I bet you I could really like enjoy this like from beginning to to end right like it has that same humor the judge is writing has yeah it's got it very much has that like office space like style of humor to it well exactly and we were just complaining that like well without the laugh tracks how do i know when to let when to when a joke is funny um and i it this doesn't suffer from that yeah like it, it is clever in its writing and it lets it speak for itself. Kind of like when we watched um, Better Off Ted. Right, right. 
right? Uh, but with Better Off Ted, that felt like I could consume just that episode. Well, and, and that's go, yeah, that's good. That's the difference too between a network TV sitcom and a cable sitcom. Yeah, but with this, I feel like I could almost. It feels like there's almost more heart that I would need to watch and get into. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like there's a shallowness that's easy to get into with Better Off Ted. The jokes right. speak for themselves. But with this, there's kind of like that more intimate humor. Well, and I was disappointed off after multiple episodes. I was disappointed that Rebecca was barely in this episode at all because she's one of the highlights of the show for me. Oh, re- yeah. And yeah, yeah and for me, I'm, I'm like, is this a side character? Like, do we ever see her again? Yeah, she's actually like pretty important to the overall plot of the show. Okay. Okay. She's there right from the beginning. But yeah, I think I think I'll give the give it a few episodes. Season one. All right. Um, I can't really answer this question because, as I mentioned, I I watched through the show while it was airing. Um, I I only uh, and I I kind of brought alluded to this earlier. I only other than the final season. But I did eventually, I think maybe two years ago, go back and watch the final season. Oh, so you did finish it? I, I did finish it, yeah. There's a few shows that I still haven't, that I still haven't. And I mentioned that this was kind of an ongoing trend with lost me. Like, one of them? I still haven't watched the last season of Mad Men. I still haven't Mad watched Man, the last right. season of Chuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, two what shows. Lost? Uh, no, I never got into Lost. I watched the first, like, three episodes. Generally, my rule is, like, if I want to like a show, I'll watch the first three episodes. Uh, right. And then I'll go from there. But uh, I've never yeah. seen any Lost. All I know is I Couldn't worked get at Blockbuster at the time, and there'd be, like, just huge chunks of it missing. Right? We'd have, like, season one, discs one, three, three, four, yeah. five. Season two, only disc three. And then three copies of disc four and then two copies of disc five, right? Because people will just keep certain ones of them and it would be disjointed and impossible to watch. Watching TV in the, the, uh, on home video, ladies and gentlemen, before the days of streaming. Oh man. Those were the woes. I remember renting 24 disc by disc at a Van Isle video back in the day. Mm -hmm. There's nothing worse than someone else that has the next disc disc rented out right uh so that was episode 67 of the Lasercomb podcast best way to support the show is to go to patreon.com slash lasercomb l-a-z-o-r-c-o-m-b we're at the single five dollar tier you get a bonus uh exclusive podcast called the super Lasercomb patreon super show occasional commentary tracks and a bunch of other like random goodies yeah there's uh, a ton of uh commentary we we bullshitted for like and like two hours before we yeah filmed this yeah <laughs> uh follow i was gonna say follow me on twitter but i've actually left twitter now so follow me on instagram if you want i am at christopher siege and uh well cal you can people can follow you where uh yeah at the the tiktok at neo underscore cal neo underscore k-a-l um other than that i just i don't know man join our discord and talk to us yeah that's probably the best thing there's in the description for like every uh, episode of every podcast that we do there's always an invite link 
to uh, the Lasercomb Discord. So go join that. Where you're actually just talk, say, oh, hey, blah, 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 heard you. Like, social media sucks anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, join our Discord. We're, we're, we're all pretty, act- we're both pretty active on there. And like a bunch of our listeners are active on there. It's, yeah. it's a good way if you just want to talk it's to us. It's not like there are hundreds of people on there. It's like <laughs> six people, <laughs> including us. Uh, so yeah, yeah anyway, Discord. yeah, join the Discord. Uh, we will be back next time with uh, episode 68 of the Laser Comb Podcast, where we're going to be talking about one of Cal's favorite shows, and it fits in with our Better Than the Big Bang Theory theme. Uh, it's a show called The Good Place. Oh uh, yeah. I have seen season one of The Good Place. Oh, but, really? Uh, and I did enjoy it. I have but for whatever one reason or another i just never ended up finishing it um so this will be a good opportunity for me to see potentially oh, yeah. see something out of outside of season one so it had a total of 53 episodes across four seasons so um let's try screen share again see if that works it's uh it worked last time hopefully com- my computer doesn't explode we can where? only hope. Where? Ah, there we go. I'm like, where the fuck is screen share? All right, here we go. Is it working? Yes. Hallelujah, it's a Christmas miracle. Christmas in July. So one random <laughs> number between 1 and 53, and here we go. And it feels longer than 53. 45. Oh, shit. Very late in the show. So that That is going to be spoilers, folks. Season four, episode six, a chip driver mystery. A chip driver mystery. All right. Well, there you have it. We'll be back next time with that. And until then, I've been the Siege, one of your hosts. And it's me, Cal. And until next time, we will Ed Chambers you next week. Ed Chambers is dead, man just wasn't meant to be we had to let him we had to let him go we had to let him go (laughs) bye-bye